This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Signals from the Frontline, your every Friday podcast, videocast, live cast, sometimes. Uh, what else? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Chapter Tactics, your 40K podcast that focuses on playing more 40K competitively. You're supposed to stop. Wow. Me, no, Jason. I wanted you to go through your whole spiel. No, so no. Every, if everyone's wondering what's going on, uh, my name is Jason. I'm uh, one of the regular hosts of this podcast, but on my right, we have Pablo Martinez. You might recognize that voice from uh, Chapter Tactics, um, a place for 40K. Yeah. I don't think they'll recognize it because there wasn't a 45 second intro at the beginning. Oh. But yeah, that's okay. You'll recognize it the minute I put my foot in my mouth. Like, oh, there's our PD Pop. There we go. Right on. We, uh, yeah, so Reese is out this week. He uh, was traveling to uh, old London town to uh, participate in the LGT uh, with Frankie and the rest of the boys from the team. Yeah. He's um, also getting wooed by Games Workshop as we speak. He's really? looking at every Primark oh. every, ever, that they're ever going to release. He already knows up to Warhammer 12th edition. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's just... It's happening. It is annoying how much him and Frankie know um, about what's upcoming because they do a lot of playtesting yep. and they have good, they constructive feedback with the GW team. And, um, but it's all NDA'd, so they can't talk about it. But like whenever I'm making a list or something, I'm like, maybe I'll do this. And I look at this little corner of my eye. I try to see Reese's like facial expression. <laughs> I try to get him. I, I try to be like, you know, I'm going to add Lemon Rust to this list and then look at him and, and then see if he reacts to it. Right. Or not? He never does. Obviously, yeah. they're trained. They're well, well trained. But yeah, one day I'll get them. So, anyways, welcome to the show. Um, it'll be a little bit of a shorter show today, just because we're not going to have the uh, the in depth analysis that Reese normally does on um, the GTs that happened this previous weekend, because that's Reese's secret recipe that he does himself. Um, but I think we're going to have a pretty good time. Right on. Okay, and so um, as usual. Let's go over the new releases that just came out this Saturday. So this is actually a pretty big release weekend. Um, we had phase two of the Space Marine supplement release. We had the Raven Guard uh, and the Iron Hands. Um, if you guys want to pick those up right now, they are in our web cart for a discount. We do offer free shipping on orders of $99 or more uh, within the continental US. So please uh, hit us up if you still haven't, but I think uh, most people have gotten their hands on these already. Yeah, we definitely sold a lot more of the Iron Hand supplement than we did of the Raven Guard supplement. Hmm. I wonder why. Um, but yeah, phase two, as you said, of the Space Marines taking over the competitive 40K meta is in full effect. Uh, well, phase three is coming, as we found out today on Warmer Community Page, mm -hmm. next month, uh, which is when yes. we get Salamanders and Imperial Fists. And we'll talk a little bit more about those models later. Yeah, a little bit more. Um, so we don't, we're not going to do an in-depth rundown. Uh, last week, Reese uh, kind of went through both of the supplements. Basically, everything that's been released on Warhammer Community about the new uh, codexes that just um, are on pre-order. So they should actually be mailing out uh, this weekend um, because that's the official release. Um, and they have not posted anything new about them since then. So we can't really go over uh, what's in them yet. But, uh, I mean, personal my own personal reflection and reaction to these is uh holy cow yeah they're so <laughs> the new space rings are right really really good some uh, so a little bit of competitive tournament analysis um this weekend the lgt uh 15 of the undefeated lists 
half of them were, or seven of them were Space Marine or Imperialists. Mm-hmm. The other seven were Eldar Flyerless. And then there was one lone orc player who went five and zero undefeated at the LGT. Nice. Um, but yeah, just across the border this weekend, uh, the team tournament I went to, the other tournaments they went to, Space Marines were everywhere. Right. And we, we should curious, say we should say that that they were the the space marines that have already been released. Yes, they so were ultramarines and white scars. Ultramarines and white scars. However, all, all every ultramarine list you see, I guarantee you, they're just going to switch out a few characters for Pharos, the Iron Hands guy. Yeah. Um, and if you if you're wondering what to get, get those executioners now. Forge World is probably already out of Leviathan Dreadnoughts as we speak. Yeah. Uh, and of course, primary or aggressors. Yeah. Of all varieties, um, I've been having a hard time getting aggressors through GW through mm-hmm. our retail side because we've been selling so many of them and they've been selling so many of them. They constantly get put on back order. Um, so Interesting. One, once again, rules do sell models. Wait, hold on. They don't agree with that. Ooh, That's not I'm the sorry. official Ooh, Games Workshop oh, no. policy. I meant, I meant a beautifully designed model That's right. will sell no matter what its rules are. So some of the, um, I guess we can go into a little bit about some of the uh, community reactions that are going on. And Pablo, you, you're more in this world than I am, but I do read through a lot of the the, the various media outlets in terms of the, the gaming community. And it looks like um, people are a bit worried about the Iron Hands. Pharos himself, point costed probably too low. Yes. I mean, yeah, I don't think yes. he was point costed too low. I don't know what the game plan is and why he they chose what he, they did. But he's just the, his modifier, the multiplications of buffs that he gives, combined with the be supplement. A lot. Yeah. He's, I mean, I would say, not in terms of raw power output, mm-hmm. but in terms of buffing abilities, he's on par with like a Gilliman. Yeah, well, I'd say. I, I wouldn't put him on par with Gilliman. But not That's... like toe to toe in combat, but what he gives. Uh, well, in okay, terms so, of the, re- the rerolls. So he he's on par with like a Calgar or an Abaddon. I don't know if he's on par with a Gilliman mm. uh, in terms of just buffing, because Gilliman also buffs things that aren't Space Marines. However, True. the the points adjustment you you hit on the nail, the the points are, are way too low. And if you look at kind of like what the formula is for tech marines and points. It's actually not, he's actually expensive for a tech marine. A tech marine is 50 points based on the codex. And if you fully upgrade them out, they come out to like 70, 80 points. Mm-hmm. So for a tech marine, he's expensive and he does a lot for what a tech marine gives, but it's when you compare him to the other characters across the rest of the space marine, you know, codex supplements and codex yeah. is when you start to realize like, holy crap, he's really cheap for what he does. Yeah. Um, so I think GW, you know, probably needs to look at, models in the future and how they react right. to other codexes instead of specifically what they are in terms of their roles right and there will eventually be an faq errata that comes out and, oh, yeah. and you'll we'll probably see a point increase because they do like to look at the you know put their false on the, the 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 neck of uh, the gaming community yeah to get the feedback but the funny thing is um even though i think arguably the iron hands look stronger competitively than the raven guard the raven guard are a very good counter to the iron hands and their abilities to take out their buffing characters. Yeah. Um, y- yes and no. Uh, the Raven Guard are definitely really good at taking out characters. Um, also, Raven Guard are probably better at killing knights mm-hmm. uh, just because of the plus one hit, plus one to wound characters. Most knights on, on the tabletop are characters. Usually. Um, but in general, you know, once the Raven Guard army kills the Iron Hands characters, they still have three repulsor executioners to deal with mm-hmm. that um, they're just, unless you're equipped to deal with them, you're just right. not equipped to deal with. So. But it'll, they'll be without their five up, feel no pain, sure. six up. What is it? What is sure. it called? Like the repair save or something? Yeah. Yeah. The, they, the, they won't reduce the damage anymore, whatever. Yeah. But, but uh, if you use snipers to kill those characters, mm-hmm. all you have left is snipers to kill vehicles. Right. 
Uh, and let me tell you, if you ever shot a sniper rifle at a vehicle in a 40,000 sci-fi setting, which happens all the time, I'm sure, um, it doesn't have, it doesn't work out very well for the sniper right. rifle. So, I mean, I don't want to be completely negative or down because these supplements are incredible. The model releases that are coming out with them are incredible. I think the new Space Marine line itself is amazing. I know we have a lot of holdouts that are upset yeah. that, that, you know, characters getting Primaris and, um, you know, we're not really looking at the mini Marines that much anymore, but with the evolution of the game, I'm, I'm more than happy with what's coming out. I feel though that they maybe should have put a little bit more thought into how this type of overwhelming offensive output would affect the game as a whole. Yeah. Because I, you know, again, I, I don't, I'm not as involved as you are or Reese or anyone else really with the, with the competitive community, but I do read, you know, the blogs and I'm Facebook friends with all these people. And I see the feedback from people who are getting completely tabled by turn one, or at least completely neutralized by turn one. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that, when you go to a competitive event, that's certainly something that you can uh, not expect. But if it happens, you're like, you know, I'm at a tournament. These these, these are, you know, these are street rules, right? right? There's, I got, you know, I got taken. Right. But what I'm afraid of is the person that comes into the hobby maybe comes back because they heard how great 8th edition was. Or they're new to the hobby. They come in, they spend their money, they buy their starter for us, they get together. And then they go to their local game store or to their games workshop and they get completely annihilated on turn one. And that person's just not going to play. Like they're not going to come back. So I think in the, for the overall health of the hobby, that stuff needs to be accounted for. Other than like, hey, look at how cool and how offensive, how how powerful this is. Yeah, and it's really all all about optics, like you said, right? It's not because the the, the facts are that Space Marines are really good right now, and they are definitely the best they've ever been in Eighth Edition for sure. Uh, but they're not unbeatable. This isn't the second come of Inari. Mm -hmm. This isn't 7th edition Battle Company. This isn't 7th edition Death Stars. Right. Um, they're just really, really good uh, comparatively to the rest of the meta. Mm -hmm. um, they're still beatable. They they still die very easily. There's still ways to beat them. They still have problems with filling out their 2,000 point lists with everything that they need and all the tools that they need to win and do really well. Um, so it, it's really more about optics. The community perceives Space Marines as this overpowered thing mm -hmm. uh, that... Ha, you know has to be dealt with or that is bad for the game right and um so i always i've always felt personally that if you're a game developer or if you're uh someone who writes rules mm -hmm. um you should focus on optics when optics are the reason why something is perceived to be bad right so for example the community perceives space marines to be this negative toxic faction mm -hmm. uh then you should put out something that makes it look like you're addressing that, but maybe mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily hurt space Marines. So maybe, um, I don't know like how to uh, deal with these space lower Marines. a bunch of points crosses, a, a raise a bunch right. of increased points across the board on, on specific units, problem units mm -hmm. so that the, the faction still functions like it normally would, but everyone, you know, kind of said like, Oh, well GW gave them points increases across the board. They obviously, they clearly, they fixed the faction right. and then, even if they maybe they didn't, or maybe they did, I don't know. Right. But and again, you should we, definitely make a big deal about whatever decision you make to nerf Space Marines. And again, well, they, there will be an FAQ in an errata at some point. Yes. That I'm, I'm assuming, I'm sure that Games Workshop is hearing it currently, um, that they will probably address some of these, you know, yeah. at least some of the tanks, units, some of the characters, that kind of stuff that really benefit from these buffs. Like, I mean, double shooting repulsors and executioners with all this boosted damage output, reduced damage input. It's too much, and, he, and, and that, 
you know, might not be able to change the rules, right? But you can change the point costs. Yeah, you can say, definitely change. These stuff. are very powerful. Keeping in mind the buffs, not just what they come with, and then here's the point cost. But you know, um, what the also the big takeaway I would say from this new release and all these new supplement releases, and we've been banging this drum since Eighth Edition stopped, dropped, was you need to have a lot more terrain on the board line of sight blocking terrain that a lot of people play with because yes. i would say we're almost at the point now where we would almost need like infinity level amounts of terrain because in the game infinity you the ability to hide is so important because the offensive outputs are so incredible that if you can't they just nuke you yeah when you move on your own turn because it's more realistic right you move out of cover they see you they shoot you it's really important and we're getting to that point now where if you don't have enough terrain on the board and you go against one of these new Space Marine supplements or like anything now. I mean, there's all the Knights, you know, Tau. If you don't have enough terrain, it really literally comes down to a dice game where you roll to see who goes first. And yeah. that's, that's pretty much where we're at at this point. Yeah, so I agree with you. Um, uh, you know, and there's actually, that's a topic for a whole nother episode. I mean, we can spend hours talking <laughs> um, about this, right? Uh, so but, let's go ahead and move on to uh, Beast Grave. Okay, the important thing is that you agree with me. <laughs> okay. You got it. Good. That's a rarity. All right, so... Um, anyway, so yeah, so new supplement releases, they are up for pre-order right now. Um, orders that have been placed already should be shipping out this weekend. Yes. So, um, we also have some information coming out on uh, what's coming up for pre-order this coming weekend, this Saturday. Uh, and then it's a, the new Underworld supplement, Beast Grave. Yeah, so so before we go into this, there has been a lot of controversy in the Warmer <laughs> Underworlds uh, community about Beast Grave. Um, specifically, two things. One thing is kind of minor and kind of silly. Uh, the other thing is a is a major thing that if you're not used to a competitive game or a game in a competitive setting, like a card game like Magic the Gathering, you might necessarily be used to it, and that's the idea of set rotation. Mm -hmm. And so when Beast Grave comes out this weekend and it goes live, Warhammer Underworld Shadespire, which is the very first game that they released for the Warhammer Underworld series, will be no longer in no longer allowed. The cards in that game will no longer be allowed. They will reprint cards because they're going to reprint like the objective cards and some of the basic cards that you always want in the game that are good for the game. Um, but they're going to there's going to be cards, universal cards that you can't use anymore in Shadespire. Uh, and then those will no longer be tournament legal. Obviously, casually with your friends, you can do whatever you want. Uh, however, um, Shadespire is a competitive game based around tournament play. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's something that set rotation is something that can get people, you know, kind of mad if they're not used to it because you've spent time, energy, painting these models. Uh, the models will still be good, by the way. Yeah, because you can still cards. you can still use the warbands. Yeah, and, and the warband specific cards. specific cards, right. But you can't use the universal cards. But when you've spent, you know, 100, 100 plus bucks on universal cards, through a set and then they all become invalidated in tournaments mm -hmm. it, it can it can be perceived to be bad however you have to remember these warbands didn't come out all at once they came mm -hmm. out through every month months and months and um i think this is something that we probably could have seen coming anyways uh, just because they did say this was going to be a competitive event and that there were a competitive game and there were going to be new sets coming out um and so i think set rotation was something that we probably could have predicted yeah, I mean, Magic the Gathering does this, correct? Yep, a yep. lot of games do it. And Games Workshop did specifically, they talked about this in detail, and they said that what they didn't want was somebody who was coming in, and all of a sudden there's, you know, they're playing as people with these stacks of cards, you know, from, from two years ago. Yes. Um, and the level to entry then would be so difficult, because you have to, now you have to memorize all those old cards as well, what they do. Yep. It's just too much. And especially if this is something that's going to be ongoing, 
you do have to limit. You can't have people coming back and using. I know we're gamers. We like we're all we're cheap too. We don't want to buy new stuff. Um, and you get set in your ways. Yeah, thrifty. Mariana's saying thrift. We're thrifty. Um, but you can't get stuck in that same thing over and over and over and over and over again. And, and if they want to keep adding new stuff, you're just gonna have a glut. You know. So, anyways, that's my opinion. I don't play this game. <laughs> I've seen. I've seen it. Um, people look like they're having fun. Yeah. And they're playing it. I don't understand it. Yeah. It, it's it's a competitive game. It, the community is still a lot smaller than Age of Sigmar and 40K, mm-hmm. um, but it is growing. And they just did announce their world championships or Ooh. their great super grand clash, whatever it's called. Right. Um, so, you know, it is exciting. It is growing. Mm-hmm. Um, but set rotation, they're just, just trust me when I say there are a lot more pros and cons to set rotation. I mean, it's just something that's going to have to happen. Mm-hmm. So, And if you, I mean, like, even if you're not a Shadespire player or a, an Underworlds player, uh, and you're, but you are an Age of Sigmar player, these new releases are amazing for you, for yes. your existing armies. Like, I mean, look at the new ones that are coming out. They have two new warbands that are coming out. Yeah. Um, what are the names of these There's guys? The, B, the Grashaks Despoilers uh-huh. and Skaith's Hunters. There we go. Or the so, Skaith's Wild Hunt. Right. So we have some Beastmen. So if you're a Beastmen player... Like all of a sudden you have new character sculpts that you can put in with your existing units. Yep. Amazing. There's five of them. Um, and if you're, uh, well, I guess these are the new wood elves. Yeah. So the Skaith's Wild Hunt, the, the lore behind them is that they worship Kurnoth, the god of the hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so there are these savage yet noble, uh, you know, hunters that are, that are wild mm-hmm. yet intellectual. Yeah. You know, are, are they like fierce but soft? Uh, anyways, fierce but soft. <laughs> they're, oh. they're like they're fierce but soft. Right. They're colorful but they're dim. At the same time, they're you know? everything. Yeah. They have a little just, lion. They have, they have a little lion, but he's really a dog. Like he has a ha- he's pretty happy. Look at the little face. <laughs> no. Um. But yeah. So so they're uh they worship Kurnoth. They're a new race mm-hmm. or a new faction that are they're probably going to be introduced. I imagine. Uh, in some form in Age of Sigmar, but they're being brought out in Beastgrave, uh, and they look really cool. They've got a cool centaur guy leading the way. That's Skaith. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the master of the hunt, uh, and um, they look cool. I- I'm interested to see what they bring to the Underworlds table and what they kind of have in Beastgrave, um, mm-hmm. especially because uh, this the destruction faction like orcs, goblins. Well, I guess they did get stuff in in um, in Night Vault, so. But um, anyways, yeah. I'm just looking forward to more cool destruction stuff because that's my favorite mm-hmm. Grand Alliance. Yeah, this is something to get excited about. Um, so if you're an Underworlds player, um, brand new, this is the third game coming out. Uh, and you could, they did say that you can use the previous card set, which was what? Night Vault. Night Vault. You can yeah. use those can t- still. You so can still gonna, use all the universal every Night two, cards. Every two decks, basically. Yeah, so it's, you're gonna, there's going to be two sets per rotation, right? basically. Right, right. So that is exciting. So that stuff will be up for pre-order this weekend. Um, usually they go for 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, which is where we're located at. So if you wanted to pick those up at a discount, uh, we would appreciate it. Uh, moving on, uh, GW had some new Psychic Awakening stuff that they showed. Yeah, the paddleboard. The paddleboard guys. Game. Yeah, so um, if you guys are unaware of what's going on, Psychic Awakening is a new narrative uh, that is going to be coming out for uh, Warhammer 40,000. It is... Uh, supposed to is what they said it's going to be uh featuring every race somehow in the game so everyone's going to be getting something from this they haven't really gone into a ton of detail about exactly what it is but it's just going to it's going to be a whole it's basically moving the story forward again dear god you are you You it is an interactive narrative campaign that you can 
interact Uh-oh. with oh, no. globally all around the world, and it'll shake the foundations of Warhammer 40,000 as we know it. Right. Jason, get it right. So if you want to play with your dad <laughs> and post your scores in the garage. up in the basement, yes, you got it. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think it'll be like that. I think it'll be, all serious aside, it'll probably be something that they focus on the local game stores on, right. uh, local game store owners, GW store owners, things like that will probably post the results up, and yep. then we'll see if um, if Abaddon really destroyed Katie, or I don't know. Did Abaddon whatever. kill Gilliman? Ooh, let's not. He tried let's not, twice. Listen, Ultramarines players, we haven't had the best of luck in these global campaigns, okay? This is serious talk, Space Marines. So we need the band together. We need the beat Abaddon, we need to stop his 13th Black Crusade. Yeah. We got this. You guys are finally Gilman's gonna, our Primarch. You'll finally beat him off. <laughs> Don't listen to this guy. We, so, but it's going to be very similar to the Vigilist campaign. Probably on a broader, it is going to be on a broader scale. So you're going to see, you know, these books coming out, likely that um, you'll have new, like they've already shown new character sculpts coming out, new yep. Uh, new sculpts for existing models. So we're seeing um, they preview the Howling Banshees already uh, for Eldar, which is cool. That's a um, that's a unit that has not seen a resculpt since the nineties. Yeah, yeah, you know? it's been a while. Um, Incubi is the new one that they showed. They showed uh, one of the models, which is their like sergeant, and he's uh, yeah. I mean, he's he looks cool. like he's the g- same he's sculpt. Incubi. He's that's plastic. You know, it, it's it's uh they added a little bit more to it, but they made it so that it's obviously still the same model. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fair. You don't want to make something completely different so that you can't recognize what it is. Um, but yeah, it's an incubi. He's got some paddle boards that are called the demi knives, demi claves, demi claves, demi claves, um, which look okay. They don't look it's particularly a Darth Sith amazing. Thing. Dark Sith. So it's like you can do it together or break them apart and have two swords. Yeah. Or Qui Gon Jinn comes in and cuts them in half and then you kill him and then mm-hmm. his apprentice kills you. Something so like that. So that's kind of cool. So they. So if you guys want to see on Warhammer Community, they um, they do another little like narrative blurb, like some cryptic thing about what's happening. Uh, and then they show this cool guy. Yes. And uh, they show off some of his stats. Um, he it's okay. I mean, it's it's okay. The the stats are okay. He's he's, he's an incubi guy. So he's you know, he's kind of choppy. So he either has a strength three, uh, <laughs> rend, two, rend one two damage. one damage, but gets two extra attacks. Yes. Or he gets a strength four, rend three one damage attack. Yeah. So. But it's a sergeant. I mean, it's not a character. Yep. Yep. They're all right. They're, they're uh, a little choppy. Um, what I'm most excited for with Psychic Awakening is since the Indominus Crusade was announced and Warmer, Warmer, or GW put out uh, this new you know setting for Warmer 40K and started advancing the storyline, all we've been getting was Space Marines and Chaos Space Marines. Mm-hmm. Mortarian invaded McCrag. Yeah. Angron got stopped by the Dark Angels and so on and so forth. This has all been Space Marines, Space Marines, Chaos, Chaos. Um, there's completely different factions gw uh and they're starting to acknowledge this but with psychic awakening so eldar look like they're gonna have their big moment in the sun mm-hmm. maybe they finally step up and actually do something uh the tyranids maybe they'll hop in there instead of getting their butt kicked by the corn yeah. you know we'll see we'll see what happens but tyranids um, definitely need some love yes absolutely special narratively narratively yeah. um they had their day in the sun in eighth edition mm-hmm. uh although they're you know falling a little behind but that's another podcast yeah. All right. So keep keep watching. There is actually a Psychic Awakening website that was created. Um, you can get to it uh, by going to the Warhammer community site. Uh, on the very top, one of the banners links you to that. It's pretty cool. Shows all the stuff that they release on the community site, any kind of narratives that come out. <clears throat> so I'm excited. I'm excited for the new stuff. I just like the new models. You know? Yes. Anyways, new models are always cool. Such as the battle coming out. 
Speaking of new models, I really like this Rhino. It so, looks the same as the other one. So yeah, what? Get out of here! Because right the now, same as the right other now one. they Listen. have what they have a Sisters of Battle upgrade kit. Right? You hush. <clears throat> as someone who is called the Rhino on the mm-hmm. internet, uh, I am an expert on all things Rhino, okay. not just Northern Great White Rhinoceros, yeah. but Rhinos in the forty-first millennium. And let me just say, as far as Rhinos go, this is the best one. Is this the sexy one? This is the best one. Look at look at it. It's just sleek. It's got an old school look. But at the same time, it still looks revolutionary. It is a mwah, That is a good rhino. Yeah. Okay. So if you're wondering what we're talking about, if you're just listening to it, uh, Games Workshop released a couple images of the first uh, Sisters of Battle vehicle. Yes. That um, apparently it's a reschool. It probably it's going to be an upgrade kit. But it also they also hinted that they're doing a new emulator and a new Exorcist. So likely it'll be a three-part kit. Yeah, it'll um, probably be one kit that has all three of them. Right, because they're all based on the same chassis. Yeah. Um, it does look good. It looks very good. So it has a bunch of new iconography, um, new you know, rhino doors. It has the front plating. Yeah. <clears throat> it looks good. Yeah. You know, it, I'm excited. It, it, the, the, the new box set that's coming out in November is going to be a must-have. Oh, every, I mean, everything uh, in the Sisters. It, it looks like it's coming with a couple squads, a couple yeah. characters. It's coming with the new Penitent Engine, which looked amazing. This is going to be huge. I haven't been excited to start a new army in a long time, and I think Sisters is going to actually be a new army for me. A whole new faction, not Space Marines. Yeah, well, and I think a lot of people are, are on this train. So so I run the secondhand store through Frontline Gaming, um, and by the way, secondhand shop at FrontlineGaming.org if you'd oh. like to sell us your used miniatures and turn them into some beautiful Sisters of Battle models at the end of the year. Nice one. Um, however... There have been a ton of people who they send their, their armies in, they get their store credit, and they're like, hold on to that store credit. How long does it last? Because I'm waiting for the new sisters release. Right. And so we're sitting on tons of store credit of people who just want to wait for the new sisters. Uh, Brandon Grant of uh, 40K fame is oh. one of them. He's He's been holding store credit from all of his winnings for a year and a half now. I'm just holding on to it, waiting for the scissors release to break that faction. Yeah. Um, so if that doesn't get you excited, I don't know what will sisters of battle players. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be huge and it'll be one of the biggest releases and hopefully GW is printing enough for everyone, which yes. will be the biggest number one I question. Would, I would think that they would assume. I, I mean, be they've been pushing it forever, but, but there have been times when, you know, unfortunately things have been out of stock and they've been out of stock for a while. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll get see, ready. but I think they, I think they know, what's at stake and i think they know how many people are going right. to buy this how big of a release this is yeah it's very exciting <clears throat> it was nice to hear that they uh there is an emulator and exorcist new kit coming as well yes so very cool um games workshop also just a few minutes before we, we uh, started recording this released a couple images of new primaris models for the salamanders and the imperial fists yeah which is cool they um they don't um name them no interesting enough but i think what happened was Somebody leaked the photos and Games Workshop, as they have been, is as soon as that happens, they just put it up and then they make a joke about a potato camera. It's a whole thing. Um, <laughs> but they look good. They look really good. They don't say who they are. I am fairly certain that they are not who we would hope they are. It does not look like it is Vulcan. Yeah. It, and it doesn't look like it is Lysander either. Some intrepid Google foo users will be able to find out who they are. Cause I think, I think those, the names and stats have actually been released as well. Well, well, or pictures have taken released. Um, yeah. but I wouldn't know anything about that. I only I go on warmer right. from all of my official games workshop news. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm completely unaware of all of that, but I've heard through the grapevine that maybe I see, I flag him when I see him. Oh, I see. I you call, I call up games workshop 
customer service. I'm like, hey. Send the cease and desist missile. Where do I send you this link? Anyways. But uh, they, they look great. They look very good. They're new Primaris characters. So, you know, um, in the vein of Iron Hands, getting a new named character is probably pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> they look fantastic, as they all have. You know, it's funny because uh, these, these models are not... They don't look like named characters, you know, we, we don't know, but that Darnith Lysander has a Thunder Hammer, this Imperial Fist guy does not, he has no. two Power Fists, uh, and Vulcan has a giant spear, and this Salamander's character has a Thunder Hammer. And I think so, those are iconic, those weapons are iconic enough they, that yeah. they would, you would you would not be able to get rid of them. Yeah, oh yeah, you would yeah. you would want them. So Calgar Cal ported over, he still he had his Power Fists, you know. Yeah, the yeah. Gauntlets of Ultramar. So why do Ravenguard not have an official... They do. Model. The official new model. Shrike. Named model. Shrike is not new. He got an upgrade. He's a glorified captain. Okay. I know he's a chapter master now. Are you, so, wait, are you saying why didn't like Vulcan get Oh no, well, no, no. What I'm saying is, is uh, if, unless they get rid of Vulcan completely, which I, I don't know, this is just pure speculation. Uh, the Iron Hands, mm -hmm. they got a new character, which they didn't have a named character before. Correct. So good for them. Mm -hmm. um, but if Vulcan's still around, then Salamanders will have Vulcan. And they'll have this new character. Right. And the Imperial Fists have Lysander and mm -hmm. this new character. The Raven Guard have Shrike and no one else. Right. Is... Well, I mean, the Ultramarines only got Calgar. Uh, and Tigerius. And Tigerius. And Cassius. Sure. But those. And... Well, no, no, Cassius didn't get upgraded. Oh, I but was I'm just saying, saying. They have um, a ton of named characters. They don't need any more. They didn't characters. get any new ones, right? No, they But don't here's need the thing, though. This is just starting. We are just seeing the tip of this. That's true. And I guarantee you, and this is just me thinking out loud, that. Over the years, with all these new narratives coming out, like slowly but surely, we'll see more and more of these named characters get resculpted, and then new ones added after that. You know what's going to happen? What's going to happen is, is they're going to announce Psychic Awakening officially, mm -hmm. and they're going to be like, "This is a campaign for all the factions," and then the very first character that they introduce will be a Raven Guard Lieutenant, Space Marine Lieutenant, mm -hmm. and then the internet will explode. Yeah, and he and he'll have a um, a man bun. He'll have a basic stat line and a man bun. Yeah. The same emo look that Shrike has. They'll well, the man exact same one. Man bun is head. like a CrossFit. You're right. It'll be it'll be a, an emo man bun. It'll We've be already, new. There's only one hairstyle. They <laughs> they nailed it. So, anyways, these look really cool. Very exciting. Um. So at the very least, we know that uh, these two new factions, which they say October was, is when the info will be out. Yeah, next month. Um, they'll be getting two new model releases. Yeah. Which is great. Um, I'm very happy to see that. I love Primaris Marines. I know people are sad that their old mini Marines are getting no love anymore, but you know, move on. So, uh, that's it with the GW previews. So let's talk a little bit about upcoming events that we are running. Um, first and foremost, SoCal open coming up at the end of October. It's the weekend before Halloween. So it's going to be haunted. <laughs> um, it's going to be dressing up is encouraged. No, dressing up is mandatory. You get a yellow card. <laughs> if you do not show up in a Halloween costume, you get a yellow card. Yes. I'm saying that right now. Jason's and Freddy Krueger. I'm in charge on. when some, Reese is not Some around. of you can get away with it, you know, without wearing a costume and still, you know, pretend to be in costume. But some of you be like, oh, you're a troll. <laughs> but uh, costumes. Costumes required. Required, 100%. You heard it here officially from the B team. It's going to be on the beach, so get ready for that. You should wear swim trunks also. So you need to have – you need to uh, – Somehow get your costume to be a swimming suit also. And waterproof. So if you go as like the creature from the Black Lagoon or Swamp Thing, perfect. 
Let me let me tell you. When I wake up in the morning, I already look halfway. If like you a go as a thing. dolphin, so you could go or as a shark. dolphin. Yeah, a lot. A shark. There's a lot of costumes you can choose from. So it'll be, anyways. It's gonna be directly on the beach. So there is a war. There is a danger when the tide comes in. <laughs> Oh, We're just kidding, by the way. Yeah. Some people, I, I keep making that joke, but if somebody's going to show up and be upset. And by the way, this joke comes from people being literally, we, I think we saved the email. The person was very upset. That, that it wasn't it was actually on the beach. Literally on the beach like it was, it was, it was like was a five-minute walk from the beach. You can see the beach. Yes. Yes, you can. But you can't. It's We're inside of the... Um, of a uh, convention, it's a um, building fairgrounds. Yeah, the, the in a in a warehouse. But I mean, thing. jokes aside, it's a very cool venue. It's easy to get to. There's parking directly in front of it. Yes. There's uh, food. They have pretzel dogs, which yeah. are amazing. The like food, twenty dollars expensive. Just and and by the way, they just they just show up. We don't ask them. Oh, they just they show just up. no, we they don't. They don't. The... They just come. They're oh, like, well, oh, there's an nice. event here, and they set up. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but they they do have food there. There's uh, coffee. There's booze. Uh, last year, the fun thing was they there was a um, uh, international food festival going on next door. That was great. So that was, I mean, it lined up perfectly. Yeah, n- knock on wood, they do something like that. Oh, that'd be every amazing. year at SoCal Open so yeah. far, there's been a festival or something going on next to it, literally next with door, with a lot of delicious foods. So like bo- there was like a booze, like a, a whiskey festival or a tequila festival the year before. The, the year before was a children's <laughs> festival, Jason. Oh. <laughs> I know because my wife attended. Where was with I? my daughter? Uh, probably was I at Tijuana? the booze festival, like, I guess. Jesus, <laughs> um, I need to get a handle on that. Uh, <laughs> but but yeah, so it was you know it was it was going really well, and then all seriousness, uh, yeah. SoCal Open is an amazing event. It's huge. Yes. There's still tons of room to expand, mm-hmm. um, and, and this is just a little teeny tiny nugget hint uh, that Reese may or may not want me to say, but I'm gonna say it anyways. Do it. It's it's gonna get even bigger. Like mm. there's so much room to expand in the SoCal Open that uh, you know years from now we do plan on keeping it running e- even you know even when we make the big move and everything. SoCal Open's gonna get big. There's so much room to expand. Yeah. Um. And so there's you know, literally like it. ten feet in between. Yes. Literally, like on every side of the table. Yeah. And then with all this new streaming going on with yeah. 40k competitive 40k gaining a lot more traction in the community. Um. You know, one of the biggest premier events to have all the stuff that has the room it would be the socal open yeah um you know so just just a little bit of food for thought there yeah so i think uh the 40k champs is sold out uh, but there is a wait list so go ahead yes. and sign up i always tell people just show up the day of because there will be drops but you know you, you take it yeah, take your chances you take your chances but i would i always just say just come on by yeah and even, even if you even if you've already bought your plane ticket and you're mm-hmm. hoping to get in you don't get in san diego's beautiful you can bother your friends yeah people go out at night well, play, in san diego yeah, it's a lot fun. of delicious food you know i'll be there okay. if you want to hang out and talk to me um i don't have any notes here about it but we also have um an event that's quickly coming up which is unbelievable the las vegas open is happening um Oof. january i think it's the 24th through the 26th at Bally's Casino. Um, some of the big events are sold out, but there are wait lists as well. Um, that is, this is going to be the biggest year. Yeah. We always say it because it's true, but this is the biggest year. We've literally maxed out space at the hotel. There's nothing left. We have both of the main ballrooms, which is, if you've gone, those are huge. We've now, uh, last year, we, we tested the waters with the top of the casino. It's called Skyview, which, by the way, the views are amazing. You can yep, see the entire... Las Vegas area all the way around. It's all glass. Uh, we we only used one room up there, 
next year, this year coming up, we have the whole top floor. The whole floor. It, it's big. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Las Vegas Open, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that because, right. you know, I'm sure you've heard a lot of it from everywhere. Mm -hmm. But it, it's a great event. Uh, it'll be big every year. And then some new things that we're adding this year that I'm super excited about are Fantasy Flight Games. We'll be having mm -hmm. the Grand Championships for X-Wing, the Star Wars Legion, Imperial Assault, uh, maybe Legend of the Five Rings Ooh. if that if that fires off, mm -hmm. uh, Armada, um, uh, whatever other FFG. We have a lot of FFG events over there. They're yeah. all going to be uh, big grand championship level events, right. which is huge. Um, we also have guys from the Minox squadron, quick shout out to them, uh, who are going to be running the X-Wing grand championship. So we will not be in charge of it. They will be in charge of it. And they have run large events before. Uh, it's going to be awesome. It's 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 great. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be a lot of swag. There's event exclusives, FFG mat or uh, not FFG mats. There are mats, FLG mats. Mm -hmm. Um, for X-Wing that are only event exclusive. Nice. Those look really, really nice, and you can pick those up at the event, or you can pre-order them at lasvegasopen.net. Mm -hmm. And then we're also bringing Magic to the LVO it's in coming tiny out. increments. It's, it's we're, not baby we're, steps. We're testing the waters. So yes. there's going to be um, another room, which is going to be, it's actually the first room, it's the room where the Las Vegas Open began. Nice. It's on the other side of the casino, which is it's still you know, a one minute walk from the other side of the casino. And that's going to have a lot of non-miniature events going on. Lots of card games, um, role-playing, all that kind of stuff is going on over there. So it's just getting it's massive. huge. And then the vendors coming out this year are amazing. We got weird for the first time. They're coming nice. out officially. Um, they're going to be plugging their new uh, third edition that just came out of Malifaux. Um, and then, of course, some of the, the regulars, Forge World will be there, Privateer Press, um, all the big guys that were there last year are there again. So... Yeah. It's fun. It's I'm looking forward to it, and it's coming up quick. Yes. So anyways, let's go through some ITC info. Um, so as usual, if you guys like the ITC, if you like playing in the ITC, if you like watching it, all that cool stuff, we do have a Patreon. Uh, we do um, encourage any help that you can give us because we do this kind of as a side of as uh, what our normal business is, which is not running the ITC, um, and any little bit helps. So if you guys can, um, even $1 a month goes a long way for us. Um, one dollar buys a lot of ramen noodles. I always make that joke because it's true. It's true. So, anyways, 40k events. Not a huge weekend coming up, but there are. Um, there is a GT, which is the Monster Smash Up uh, in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, uh, and that is uh, this weekend on the 21st. Um, and there's about what 10 other events 10, going on. Yeah. So, yeah, if you guys um, are looking for an event, go and uh, see if there's anything near you and then join in. And also, if you're if you're thinking about sponsoring a 40k <laughs> event, uh, we do also put up sponsors uh, on the event page as well. So if you're mm -hmm. interested about that, or if you're an ITC event and you have a sponsor and your sponsor isn't up on the ITC page, let us know. We'll put them up, and um, that's just a good little bonus to encourage people to sponsor events and to mm -hmm. grow them. Yeah. Um, Age of Sigmar. There are still a couple events going on uh, this month as well. Um, we have the Age of Sigmar, the Red Barn, named at the Red Barn. Uh, and then we have Here We Go Lads uh, in Wichita, Kansas. That'll be the last weekend of the month. 40K, top 10. Um, we do see a little bit of movement because there was a large event. Some people might have heard of it. It's last weekend called the LGT. Yes. Um, so let's go through the top five. Jim Vessel continues to lead the pack, um, but Richard Siegler is coming up pretty quickly behind Richard him. Richard Siegler is having himself a heck of a season. He won the Nova. Is that yeah, correct? He, yeah, he did. He did win Nova. Um, you know, Rich Siegler is, is doing the podcast rounds, mm -hmm. uh, you know, promoting Tau and, um, he's re regarded by a lot of people now, including a lot of really good players as one of the best Tau players in the world. 
Um, he plays the faction differently than everyone else. And um, I'd highly recommend his Art of War interview where he talks about Tao. And um, it's, it's really good nice. on the Art of War on the Frontline Gaming Network podcast. Uh, that's Nick Nadavati's Frontline podcast. Gaming Podcast Network. Frontline Gaming Podcast Network. F-L-G-P-N. F-L-G-P-N. Anyways. Easy. It's a mouthful. <laughs> All right. Uh, Manny Chima moves up to number three. Um, I might be wrong about this, but he won the LGT. Is that correct? I don't think he so. got he did or he did well there. He did really well. Managing don't quote me on that. Wouldn't have surprised me. All I did is copy and paste his list. Yeah. Um, but he did move up. Uh, Chris Blackham is in uh, fourth place, um, and TJ Lanigan falls down to fifth place. But he is only a few points away from Chris, so TJ does need to get out there to last uh, a couple more of these um, large events, which there are not many until the the Las Vegas Open. Yes. Um, just to try to hang in there because there are a lot of people that are getting up real close, including. Big names like Nick Nanavati, John Lennon, Nick Rose, yeah. So yeah, yeah, and, and the, you know it, it's getting it's getting to the point where where um, we're getting there. You you need to go to these massive events, these mega events. And to, and as I mean, as you you should, those are hard yes. to like. You should get these guys go to these big events, and it's not like playing your local RTT, you know, with the three Green Knight players. Yes. So, um, anyways, uh, Age of Sigmar IDC top ten. Matt Pashby continues to lead uh, in first place, the Jersey Kid. Uh, Christopher Bergman uh, is in the number two slot. James O'Brien in three. Alex Gonzalez, our old friend from uh, Martinez, California, is in fourth. And uh, Rahul Pereira. It's probably Rahul Pereira. I said that was pretty close. Anyways, uh, he's yeah. in fifth place. Congratulations, guys. Uh, Hobby Track, top ten. Jim Vessel still in first place with his amazing-looking demon army that is also very good on the tabletop. Uh, number two, Paul Winters. Three, Lou Rollins, who is uh, uh, last year's winner and a fantastic, fantastic artist. Uh, number four, Matthew Bodnarchuk. And number five, Thomas Bird. So uh, make sure you guys get out there and get your hobby track. Uh, if you guys are going to a, an ITC event, just ask the TO, hey, is this a hobby track event? If it's not, super easy to become one. Uh, Shadespire, top 10, Ivan Cho. First place, Tony Field in second, Jonathan Colson in third, Philip Santa Maria in fourth, and Scott Dreesen in fifth. Do you know any of those players? No, I don't, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Um, there's a lot of really, really good players uh, in the UK that, that don't really do ITC, mm-hmm. um, you know, for whatever reason uh, it's not recorded. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Shadespire players, uh, you know, it, there's not. it's not very hard to do an ITC event. Usually, you just have to submit the results, and then we put them up yep. um, for Shadespire because there's no really formats. There's no different formats to that mm-hmm. game. Um, so yeah, I'd love to start seeing some of those top players. You know, start showing up on our rankings. Yeah, they and definitely deserve it. Kill Team Top Ten. This is pretty cool to see because we have some players that are almost maxed out, and this is a first year event for the ITC, which is really cool to see that there are so many events going on. <clears throat> so Kill Team Top Ten or Top Five. Number one, Alex Torbert. Uh, number two, George Rollins. Number three, Janice Gillum. Number four, Michael T. Holy. You know, he's, he's staying on there. And then number five, Matt Hole. Hole. Yeah. Okay. So congratulations, guys. Uh, keep going out there. Keep uh, keep playing. Keep supporting ITC. Um, it's really cool to see it grow. We do have a completed commission for you. So see, this is my bread and butter. Um, we have, this is a Grey Knights uh, commission, and it looks phenomenal. This is a, a tabletop plus, but it's like on the realm of masterclass, I'd say. Um, this artist, this particular artist has a hard time toning it down. <laughs> yeah, they're beautiful. And then just look at the detail. I mean, look, I mean, I can, you can look at this for 10 minutes it's, and you'll yeah, find it, you'll find art. another detail of something that was painted and it's Drago and a unit of uh, five paladins 
and it looks fantastic. Looks I didn't. Great. I really didn't want to mail these ones out. <laughs> yeah. But are they dust proof? What does dust mean? Uh, that was just a shot at Grey Knight's faction being bad. But anyways. Oh yeah. But you know what? If you if you are playing Grey Knights and you have an army that looks like this, you should just win. It. You should just win. win. Just show up. Sounds like here's my three executioners that aren't barely glued together in prime, <laughs> and you show up with this. You're, you get to oh, you, at the very you least you slap get your style opponent. points. Yeah, yeah, you you get style points there. Um, no, they're beautiful. Um, granite paladins aren't completely uncompetitive. Uh, I they're was one just, of the more competitive parts of that codex. Yeah. Um, but again, fantastic. If you guys, even if small commissions like this, this, this guy just wanted to have a character in a, in a squad painted up, um, not a problem for us. Our artists love to do those as well as large army commissions. So if you wanted to get a large army painted up, we can also do that for you. Um, we have competitive pricing. We have um, very easy to understand paint levels, um, including a very, very affordable paint level called tournament, which is just base coats. Yep. Yeah. And it's very competitive priced and done quickly. So that is all we have today, Pablo, unless you have any other gems you want to pull out of your hat. Yeah, if you'd like to hear a little bit more from me, I do have a podcast on the Frontline Gaming Podcast Network called Chapter Tactics. If you're interested in that, we talk about all things competitive 40K, not just tournament-related stuff, but also tactics, uh, strategies, news, rumors, things like that. Check it out. Chapter yeah, check it out. When, uh, when does that release? So that's uh, every Tuesday morning, um, technically Monday, midnight, Tuesday at 1 a.m., mm -hmm. Uh, deal and then it happens every week and where can they find podcast. that they can find that on the frontline gaming podcast network very good everywhere so, podcasts are found reese will be back next week um i'm sure we'll be talking uh, more in depth with some of these new um space marine releases that have been going on um so thanks for watching guys and uh, we'll catch you next week mm -hmm.